Hi everybody, this is Clayton for GCFLearnFree.org and this is a podcast in our series on happiness in the workplace. On today's episode, I wanted to discuss how any number of things can influence your happiness, such as a difficult work environment or poor leadership from upper management. I also wanted to talk about how you can find silver linings within a difficult job. Joining me today is Lisa, my fellow instructional designer, multimedia content specialist, and host of the Turning the Blind Corner podcast. Thank you for joining me once again. My pleasure, as always. So, everyone's definition of happiness is a little different, and a lot of that comes down to personality and interests. So, before we dive into the subject matter, could you describe yourself? Um, personality-wise, I'm outgoing. I like to talk to people. Everyone's got a story, mm-hmm. so, you know, people are interesting. I've been told I'm sarcastic more than once, so I'm just going to have to assume that's true, uh-huh. no, matter, no matter what I think. I like to stay busy. I can be a little restless. Do you see yourself as tough, resilient? Resilient, yeah, definitely. And honestly, my bad work experiences have had a lot to do with that. Mm. And going into that, what's been the most difficult time in your career? Um, It was definitely when I was working at a school and research institute for children on the autism spectrum. I was working as a teacher's assistant providing behavioral therapy to very low-functioning students. I mean, these were kids who needed help doing everything Mm -hmm. from using the bathroom to feeding themselves to even just putting out a backpack and walking down the hall. They needed a lot of support. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how long were you there? Um, I was there for about two years. Okay. So a good stretch of time. And what made it difficult? Well, it was a challenging work environment in general. You know, when you're working with children with such special needs, they require a lot of care and attention. But that wasn't even the hardest part. The hardest part was working for, I guess, like a dysfunctional management team. Mm -hmm. My coworkers and I were overworked, underpaid, underappreciated, and taken advantage of. I can remember a time when I went two weeks without a lunch break because, yes, because we were so chronically understaffed. And when it came to working with the kids that I was working with, you had to have a certain number of staff in each room. And and the ideal ratio was one teacher for every two students. Mm -hmm. And at its worst, it was one teacher sometimes to five students. So management, my superiors always got a lunch break, but as a teacher's assistant, the numbers just weren't compatible to people, you know, leaving the classroom. And so for the safety of the staff and the students, we had to make a lot of sacrifices that we shouldn't have had to make in the workplace. Mm -hmm. What got you out of bed those mornings? Honestly, I I needed a paycheck. You know, Mm -hmm. I was getting paid peanuts to do a really difficult job. But the other thing was, you know, knowing that the kids I worked with needed me, I had to show up for them. And I also had to show up for my coworkers. We relied a lot on each other, especially because the institute was so understaffed. Mm-hmm. So students and coworkers alike needed me there. And yeah. uh, I didn't feel like I had a choice. I, I had to go and, and I wanted to go, but it was difficult. Yeah. Did it take a while to kind of start getting to you? Or was it from day one you knew something was toxic in this place? It really took a while because I was naive. It was my first real job after college. I was naive. 
I also knew quickly after I started that this was a workplace with a, with high turnover. I mean, it was a mm. hard job. So there were some people who couldn't even last a month and they'd be gone. Mm. So in the beginning, as I learned those things, I thought, okay, you know, this is... I'm going to have to build up some more resilience. I'm going to have to toughen up a little bit if I want to stick it out. It gradually became apparent what a toxic environment it was when I started noticing that even with the high turnover, management was not hiring enough people to replace the people that were leaving. Mm -hmm. The first time I was told I wasn't able to take a lunch break, I was like, oh, that's not good. But I understand that this classroom needs my physical presence, so I'll I'll make that sacrifice this one time. Mm -hmm. And then when that turned into a trend, I really realized that that this was a toxic workplace and that there was little to no appreciation for the staff that was providing direct care and, and really doing the hardest parts of the job. Yeah. Was there a particular moment where you realized, I'm unhappy here? I don't think I could narrow it down to one specific moment. I think realizing it was a toxic environment, I think realizing I was not happy there was also a gradual sort of evolution because the longer I stayed there, the more dysfunctional it became. Mm -hmm. When each day is harder than the last, it takes a little bit longer for you to realize that's not where you want to be. You know, if if it had been horrible from the beginning. I wouldn't have stayed as long as I did. But it it was more of a gradual realization, figuring out slowly that without the support of the upper management, I was not able to provide the best type of care that I wanted to provide because I didn't have the resources. I didn't have the support. Mm -hmm. And that had a big impact on my realization that I was not happy there and I I couldn't stay. Yeah. With all this unhappiness building up, did it ever show in your job performance? You know, looking back, I'm sure there were times where where it was evident that I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, Mm -hmm. that I had more attitude than I'd had the day before and really just honestly only towards my upper management. But... I can't say enough good things about my peers in that environment. Everyone worked hard. Everyone really cared about what they did. And we really tried our best to do the best we could for our students, even though we were swimming upstream, going against the current. So eventually you left that job. And what were the circumstances when you left? How did you leave? I left joyfully. Mm. And while a part of me felt a little bit guilty about leaving my students. I knew that I was doing the best thing for myself. You know, when you're working in direct care, you always have to keep in mind that you can't care for others unless you care for yourself Mm -hmm. first. And I knew that even if I stayed, I wouldn't be doing my best because... In the time that I had been there, it had taken such a mental and emotional and physical toll on my on me that I knew I wouldn't be able to to be the best person I could for my students and to hand in my letter of resignation to to my immediate superior that 
was a really good feeling. Yeah. I, you know, I felt like I was finally standing up for myself. I was like, I can't work in this environment anymore. I'm leaving. It felt good to say that to them. Yeah. And, and I think even on my very last day, I happened to run into my supervisor in a hallway and I definitely didn't say anything like out of line to her, but as tactful and discreet mm. as a way I could, I I let her know that since since I'd begun at that place, things had gone so tremendously downhill mm-hmm. that I had no choice but to leave. Yeah. So you let your feelings be known, but you did it in a professional manner. Yes. You didn't air all of your grievances in a more cathartic way. No, no. (laughs) But you had a job lined up. You didn't just quit out of spite or out of fatigue. You had something lined up and you hopped from one opportunity to another. Yes. Okay. Trying to look at the silver lining. Did you find any positives within that, that job as far as your own growth or skills or anything like that? In that job, I grew tremendously as a person. I'd never had to be a caregiver before, and it requires a lot of compassion. And I was, I I experienced a level of patience. I didn't know it was possible for a person to achieve, you know. And working with those kids, I had a lot of empathy for them and thought a lot about what the world looked like through their eyes. Mm -hmm. It really changed the way I looked at the world and changed the way I um, looked at the things that I just take for granted. Yeah. Like just getting up and knowing how to brush my teeth, not needing someone to tell me step by step, first grab your toothbrush. It really put my life into perspective, my independence into, into perspective and gave me a new and I think special way of looking at the world and other people mm-hmm. that I hadn't had before and maybe would not have had had I not had that work experience. Yeah. While you were in the middle of that bad job, what did you find comfort in? How did you ease your emotions? I found comfort in quiet time with my students, doing laid-back activities with them. You know, you could see... Even though their tasks were simple, we, you know, we look at their ta- at, the, at their expectations as, you know, being pretty basic, pretty low, finish this five-piece puzzle. Mm-hmm. But when you're working with that student, you can see how difficult it is for them and, and how frustrated they get. You know, that's hard to watch. It's like, yeah. I know you're having a hard time and you're a kid. You deserve to have fun. You're doing a lot of really hard work. But they they were working really hard and working hard in a world that didn't make sense to them the way it makes sense to us. So whenever I got some downtime with my students where we could do things that they liked, whether it was listening to music or I had one student who loved this treadmill we had in the gym. She Mm -hmm. just would get on it and run and giggle. And it was just the best time. And those things always put a smile on my face. But the other thing was the bonds I had created with my coworkers. You know, we really had to rely on each other to get through the day. I formed very strong bonds with those people. And we we were all in the same boat, you know, working hard, getting underpaid, being underappreciated. And so... 
I can look back on times where we'd, you know, have planning periods or it would be the end of the day and the kids had gone home and we'd be able to just sit around and vent. Yeah. That was very cathartic and joke around and just kind of like get some sort of relief Mm -hmm. from the stress of the day. So I guess, you know, it would be seeing my kids do things that they enjoyed and seeing them be happy mm-hmm. and then having a chance to just hang out with my coworkers and and relax a little bit those were probably the best parts mm-hmm. about being there so now just kind of looking back on everything how do you deal with unhappiness or a repetition or any other sort of workplace issues now as opposed to back then when i'm dealing with the difficult things now when i'm dealing with repetitive tasks now if I start to feel myself get a little annoyed or frustrated or, you know, losing my focus, I take a moment to think about where I'm not working anymore mm-hmm. and the tasks I don't have to do anymore. And in comparison, is what I'm doing right now really that bad? And the answer is always no. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it gives me... It gives me a little boost of energy. I'm like, it could be worse. I'm just going to get through this. I know it's not going to last forever. And it's my job. Yeah. I'm here to do my job. So that's the bottom line. Yeah. They're paying you. So yeah. do, your, do your part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And finally, do you have any advice for someone dealing with unhappiness at work? I guess I would say try to find the source of your unhappiness because... If you can find the source, if you can nail that down, then the next step is figuring out if it's something fixable or not. You know, if your unhappiness is caused by the sort of tasks you're being asked to complete and you think you could contribute more in another area, then that's worth bringing up to a supervisor or a manager you know, in a, in a professional, tactful way. Mm-hmm. If your unhappiness stems from your coworkers, then, you know, I mean, you can't just ask annoying people to leave. You know, yeah. you don't get to choose who's on your team. But try to but work with them. Try to, you know, yeah, sometimes sometimes it just comes down to taking the high road, mm-hmm. as as tiring as that can be. But I have found in my experience that when I do that, it's just easier to lay my head down at night, you Mm. know, knowing that I did the best I could that day. And there are things that are fixable, things you can work around. But if it's something like I described earlier, a generally toxic work environment, then I would say it's time to look at other options. And like you had pointed out earlier, when I left my job at the Institute, I didn't just leave. I didn't leave out of spite. I had something lined up. So that's always what I would recommend is even in the hardest days when you're most frustrated and you're most angry, quitting on the spot is often going to create more problems than it solves, Mm -hmm. at least for you. Yeah. If, If you feel like it's time to leave that environment, then that means it's time to start looking for something else. Yeah. You know, trying to come up with an exit plan. Yeah. You know, you went through a lot with that job. The big thing is that you didn't get along with your bosses because they didn't support you. But it sounds like this job made you resilient, though. And that's a skill everyone should have because you will face some sort of adversity in the professional world at some point, no matter who you are. 
Still, you found happy moments, such as when you let your students pursue their interests. You know, you found that positive energy where you could. And when the day came to leave your job, you had an honest but professional talk with your supervisor, and you took the high road. And that's pretty cool. Well, thank you, Lisa, for coming in and sharing all that. That was incredibly interesting. Well, thanks. And for our listeners out there, if you have any questions, comments, or would like to suggest a topic for an upcoming podcast, you can reach us through Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or the Contact Us page on gcflearnfree.org. I'm Clayton, and thanks for listening.